Howdy. Hey, what's going on? Same old, same old. Just different days. How is your world these days? You staying healthy? Yep. I had to travel for my uncle's funeral. He's a Korean vet. So I got to see the honor guard in action, which was really astounding and amazing. At Purple Noodle Marketing, we can find the perfect plan for you. Want to grow? Call us today at 612-208-2812 to speak to our cannabis growth specialist. This is episode 60. Hey, this is Alvin again. How was your Thanksgiving dinner? Good. I'm sure your stomach is nice and full. Today we have a perfect aperitif pairing for your mind. We think you'll find it to be delish. Lay back, relax, and let your mind and soul savor the next 17 minutes. And now, your hosts and our friends, LaFool and A. My uncle was cremated, so they place his urn along with the flag into the military coordinator's vehicle. We all had to line up in a cortege line and then we're brought into the location. The car where his remains are is met by the two honor guards standing at attention. And off in the distance, the gentleman who ultimately will play taps is standing at attention. We all get seated. My aunt, who is going to accept the flag, is given the place of honor. And then the military conduct their honors. So they remove him and the flag from the vehicle. I don't know what kind of march step you call it, but it's all in sync and it's beautiful. They bring him forward. They set him in the place of honor and then they do the whole thing with the flag, which I'd never seen except, you know, you kind of see it replicated on television where the flag is inspected with a variety of choreographed movements and then unfurled and then refolded. The honor guard then handed it off to a member of the family who had served in the Navy. He was the one who actually made the presentation to my aunt. It was beautiful. I'm glad you got to see that and grateful for your uncle for his service to our country. It's intense. Like you get this sense of honor that I've never experienced before, but I haven't been around a lot of military proceedings. So perhaps that's more prevalent in that walk of life. But it was my first experience with it. Yeah, the military takes it very seriously. All the branches do color guards ceremonies. I don't know how it is these days, but it used to be an assigned detail. I had it a couple of times. A lot of guys love it because, you know, you get to travel and they say, okay, get your uniform squared away. You rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse to get it down to perfection. Then you perform the service. And when you're doing it, there's a sense of awe and a sense of respect that has to come with it. This is like a permanent image in the family's mind of how the military is and how they treat their own. Right. Glad you got to see that. Your uncle was in the Korean War, which is, by the way, technically still going on. Right. Since the end of World War II, I put Truman near the bottom of the list. His military service was commendable. He fought in World War I. He wanted to get into World War II, but he served as Congress. He became president. Even watching the horrors of World War I and World War II, 
he still drug the nation into a war which is going on to this day. Why did we go into Korea, by the way? I don't know that history. We went into Korea because we thought it was going to fall to communism. As a result of it, we supported the South. There was a lot of bloodshed. And in the end, they just put up a demilitarized zone, which we still hold to this day. And a truce happened in like 1953 or four, I think it is, the last year of his presidency, which really didn't get strengthened until the next president came along, which I think was Eisenhower. We had talked last week about Michael Malice. He was on a show on Fox News one time. It was him and two other experts, and they were talking about what's currently going on in North Korea. And the question that came across, what did they think was going to happen with it? One of the experts on the show thought that Trump for sure was going to end the Korean War. <laughs> was she a Republican? She's a Republican. She's like an advisor. She works for like a think tank out of D.C. She like gives them justification to do things that are really bad. Do you know what OANN is? Yeah. She talks for them. What's wrong with Trump ending the Korean War? I don't expect that she thought he was going to end it with military force. I expect that she thought he was going to end it through diplomacy. There's nothing wrong with ending the Korean War. However, Trump had no plan on doing it. This was all him just showboating. First off, he goes and threatens North Korea. Then he gives him a nickname, the Rocket Man. Then he goes and has a one-on-one -on -one meeting with him. There's a reason why presidents have not had one-on-one -on -one meetings with North Korea. If you really want to end the war, what you have to do is sit down at the table with Japan, South Korea, China, and the U.S. Right. It should really probably be a nine-table talk. You should include all the other nations in there in South Asia. That's what we need to do. Not a one-on-one -on -one with Trump trying to get a few photo ops. This is before the meeting happened. They thought someone was going to come out of it. And now we can look back and see that nothing did. It was just Trump tooting his own horn. Trump didn't really end any wars. Luckily, he didn't get us into any wars, but that's only because he was so inept. Trump wanted to start a war with Qatar, and it didn't happen because Rex Tillerson went there and met with them and was like, nah, we're, we're not going to start a war, Mr. President. And that's why he lost his job. Do you remember that big fear that North Koreas were launching a nuclear strike on Hawaii? I never knew where that came from. I don't know either. I just know that as entities do, they test and plan for things and they do dry runs of things. And somebody accidentally sent a text that said shelter for incoming. Any president can end the war in North Korea at any given time. But there isn't a desire to end the war in North Korea because of what it means. What I would like to see at a bare minimum is the DMZ widened and that there's like a four or five mile buffer zone where people from the north can come down and meet their relatives from the south and they can have that level of reconciliation. But I don't think the regime in the north wants that to happen. Why would they take the folks that they have in many ways enslaved who don't, as far as we know, have a lot of travel rights, who are undernourished, underfed, who have in the past and perhaps now are being starved. So why would you give any of them permission to go down to the DMZ and look across the way and see their fattened cousins and wonder why it is that they are so in love with the dear leader? He's a dictator. I think a lot of our belief systems are based upon what we're told and, you know, from what people who escape from there tell us. Just like with Cuba, we have a lot more contact with Cuba now. And even though Cuba has problems, the people there aren't as bad off as we like to make them out to be. 
So you don't think that the folks who have escaped and who have given their stories, you don't think they're completely telling the truth? I just listened to a female escapee, and I can't remember her name, and I feel really guilty about that, who described starvation. She described the murder of her father. She described being sold into sexual slavery and sent to China, I think, at the age of 13, maybe. So you're going to discount that? No, I never said discount that at all. I'm saying that we in the West have a preset notion of how it is. And anything that kind of feeds into that, we accept that. A lot of what happens in North Korea is based upon the fact that we have placed 50 years of sanctions on them, just like in Cuba. The U.S. loses billions of dollars in our sanctions with Cuba. If we didn't have that, Cuba would be fine. And with North Korea, if we didn't have 50 years of sanctions on North Korea, North Korea would be fine, which would actually ruin, completely ruin our vision of it, our propaganda about it. Oh, communism is horrible. Look at the North Koreans. China has the exact same level of communism and the exact same type of dictator. I would think North Korea is probably a little bit more of a dictatorship than even China is. I'm not looking about the propaganda toward it. I'm looking for overall people. We don't have any idea how the North Korean leadership will respond. Their first thing is, well, we'll make this zone, but what do we get out of it? What do you want out of it? We want to have sanctions lifted. Okay, so we lift the sanctions. We give them grain, so we give them food. What is our biggest concern? We say that it's about them having a nuclear missile. They've had a nuclear missile for years. So what's your next concern? It's not. We really just want to try to put our thumb on their neck because how horrible it is to think that communism might work for some people. And that's why I think this is more about than whether or not he's a dictator. Is he a dictator? Of course he is. It runs in the family. I'm not saying that he's not a dictator. I'm just saying that there's definitely horror stories that come out of there. There's horror stories that come out of the United States. Look at our southern border. Some people are going to go back and go, yeah, they kept me in a cave. They took away my wife's internal organs so that she can't have kids anymore. They sold my children into slavery. Is there any less true than what's happening in North Korea? It's just about perspective. Michael Malish wrote a book. Yeah, he wrote Dear Reader, which is a tongue-in-cheek, unofficial autobiography <laughs> of the dictator, not of Michael Malice. I don't think it's of his son. Isn't it of the father? It's the father, yeah. You know, this is kind of like what the right and what the Republicans are using as, okay, so this is what North Korea is like. If that's all that they have, that's all that they have. Have you read the book? Uh, I remember when it came out years ago. I looked at it a little bit, and I think I've read some notes from it, but I don't think I've read the whole book, no. Okay, so you haven't read the book, so we can't really comment on that then. Yeah, I can comment on, like, I've read reviews about the book, I've read synopsis on the book, and I've even listened to him to talk about the book in detail. So I can talk about that. Again, I haven't read the entire book, no, but that's kind of what he does. They had him on the show as an expert on North Korea. Okay, I don't have a problem with that. Who else are you going to call on? You could actually call on as an actual real expert in, in foreign policy in North Korea, which he had one female on, and I forget her name, but I've seen her before on C-SPAN a lot. She's actually more about Southwest Asia and also like Afghanistan and Iran. There's nothing wrong with Michael Malice. The book is interesting. It's talking about the propaganda that came out of there.
I just think the Korean War does need to come to an end. Could Trump have ended it? Of course. So could have Obama, who showed absolutely no interest in it. And so could have George Bush, who got completely caught up in the Iraq War. So he couldn't even focus on it. The closest they even came was Bill Clinton, who stopped all the sanctions, stopped the monitoring of it. But unfortunately, what happened during that time, that's when North Korea finished all their nuclear weapons. So sanctions helped prevent nuclear proliferation or? Sanctions at the time, Clinton half-stepped it. And what he should have done was kept full monitoring of all their activity. And he lifted some sanctions, but he mainly turned off the monitoring. That's what they cared most about. And he agreed to that. Turned off the monitoring, that's when they built the nuclear arsenal. So Clinton should have been a lot more involved in it than he was. But he was busy doing other things. And so it was like a side project for him. No president in recent history has really taken the time to really try to fix the problem. Trump, I think, just used it for a photo op. Looking back on it now, what came out of it? Nothing. Absolutely nothing came out of it. And the question is, can Biden end the war? Yeah, but I don't think that Biden even has the time or capacity to do that right now. I think he's done with so many other things. So the North Korean war goes on. I think it's the longest war in history. 50 years and ticking. Sounds about right. So once again, thank your family for your uncle. Yes, thank you. Please like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash 17 minutes podcast. If you're enjoying this show, please share it with your friends and family. This podcast wouldn't be possible without the support of our sponsors. They're listed on our website and social media. Check them out. Have a blessed Sabbath. Shabbat Shalom.
Purple Noodle Marketing is a creative strategy and design agency that specializes in cannabis SEO and marijuana marketing. We help businesses launch cannabis products, build brand foundations, and sustain organic cannabis growth. With over 30 years of experience, you can trust that we know exactly what SEO strategies to use. So whether you're a CBD or hemp dispensary, medical cannabis dispensary, or a dealer in recreational marijuana, we'll provide you with the best digital strategy to help you rank higher on Google. Clients who've worked with us in the past can attest to this. They've not only increased traffic, but have seen growth of millions of dollars in their online businesses. Our agency is completely versed in cannabis products, business models, state regulations, and organic SEO. We also believe in decriminalization before legalization and work within communities to help promote fair business practices for cannabis business owners and connoisseurs. Limited marketing leads to limited results, so don't be limited. At Purple Noodle Marketing, we can find the perfect plan for you. We understand that every cannabis business is unique, and we have three tiered marketing plans that we can customize for your particular marketing needs. Want to grow? Call us today at 612-208-2812 to speak to our cannabis growth specialist. The most important thing I could say now that later may be true, the light at the end of the tunnel, may be you. Good night, everyone.